Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score. I'm John Seppi, joined by Mike Kloss in a late evening, early morning in, well, now we're back in New Brunswick as we record this after Iowa's 27-10 win against Rutgers. On one hand, it's a 27-10 win. On the other hand, it's against Rutgers. Well, it, it, it beats losing by one point that's for sure i mean there's only one thing you wanted to do in your big 10 opener and that's win it and they won it and they won it fairly handily and and without a lot of stress in the fourth quarter and then i I would think that iowa's football team would be probably as happy right now as they've been since this season began and that's a great point. And you look at all the things that they want to accomplish. It just matters that you won. You know, you have the win for bowl eligibility. You have the win for potentially the Big Ten West chase. Yeah. And most importantly, they're getting better. Yeah. You know, it's not leaps and bounds, but, you know, it's it's basically, and Francis said this many times, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Well, uh these last two weeks, they've gotten better, and they need to. I mean, clearly they needed to, and with the, some of the games they've got coming up, they need to get better. But this was a losable game. Yeah. And they fell behind 3 to nothing, and the offense wasn't doing much again. And so the defense got them, you know, pointed in the right direction and, and got them up, up, and away. And then the offense didn't do anything to get the team better you know, in trouble. Yeah. Rutgers had three turnovers, two for scores by Iowa. Iowa had zero turnovers, the optimal number. <laughs> Very nice. I mean, the Iowa's numbers don't knock you out, but uh, they got enough done offensively uh, for the team to get the job done. It seemed like a very Iowa game. As you mentioned the turnovers where – they won the turnover battle. The defense scored. Defense scored more than the offense did, fourteen to thirteen. Yeah, for the second time this season in four games. Yeah, that's a weird one. But 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 uh, this is a stat that I couldn't believe uh, when I found it tonight. But this is the fifteenth year in a row Iowa has a pick six. That's that a, tells you something. You'd think one year you wouldn't have <laughs> one. And I don't remember all of them. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. But uh, the, the play Cooper DeGene made tonight is, to me, one of the all-timers that I've seen covering Iowa football because it was it was two great plays in one. It was The, the pick itself was an over-the-shoulder Willie Mays. <laughs> That's always the reference for over-the-shoulder catches, and <laughs> Willie Mays did this like 70 years ago. But... But it it's a play that few defensive backs are going to make. Yeah. So, okay, he makes this great pick at the 45-yard line. Then the run he had to take it to the house was sensational. I mean, it, it was He made just, it look easy, yeah, too. Uh, but it, it, to me, and I know it's not how this goes, but it looked like he was watching the whole thing unfold, <laughs> you know, before. Like he knew where to go instinctively, who to follow, when somebody was coming his way, how to dodge him. And the reality is it's it's what, eight, ten seconds, and he you know, he's a great athlete. 
But uh, I was, I mean, that was a thing to behold. That whole play was, it's one of those deals where, I mean, he's made picks now three games in a row. Okay. That's how quickly these things happen where somebody goes from, this guy's a player on your team, he's in your on your depth chart to, holy smokes, what do we got here? Yeah, where people had a sense going into the fall. Like, he was the person I picked for my position series. Like, okay, this is going to be an interesting name to watch in the secondary. I don't think anyone in their right mind expected three interceptions through his first four games of the season. No, and you didn't know that he was going to crack the lineup. Uh, you, you figured he was going to get... He'd be in the rotation. And yeah, but he, to be starting he, well, every well, game. Well, you kept, I mean, the, the sense that, that I got, and I bet that you feel the same way, is he's too good not to play. He's got to play somewhere. Yeah. But, but we hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But by gosh, it's true. And it was amazing. It seemed like time and time again in the spring, that was a name that kept on coming up. And sometimes you hear the hype and the guy doesn't quite show up in games like what you hear about in practice. But he's a guy who's exceeded that, and right now he's having a season that would put him among the best defensive backs in the country right now. Here's what what I heard tonight that makes me think that this is is not just a random hot streak by a player. Mm -hmm. Ask uh, Spencer Petrus about him. The first week of fall camp, Petrus said the offense picked on him. (laughs) The second week... The gene was picking on the offense and uh, making plays that most defensive backs just don't make. Yeah, and that's also relatively speaking because I'm sure there's somebody who's thinking, well, that's against Iowa's offense. But the fact that he's doing this in a secondary where there are other playmakers yeah. and he's the guy who's standing out. If you're standing out with Riley Moss and Terry Roberts and Kayvon Merriweather... Mm-hmm. And a lot of other players, even Quinn Schulte has really been making plays. That's just it. That's such a deep, experienced secondary. And here this guy emerged. He played in seven games last year, had four tackles the whole year. And he emerges as the big play guy. Yeah. And and now, you know, you're going to see him more and more. I mean, he's going to be returning punts. Uh and or kickoffs he's going to be in he's going to be involved in a lot of ways well it's kind of like the comment that lavar woods made about xavier wampa just to a larger extent where lavar was talking about how wampa is a guy that you're trying to find ways to have him on the field it's me the same way with cooper DeGene, and frankly he can't learn the playbook these things sound great in theory but if you threw him out on the offense, he could be a capable college player in <laughs> offense, too. Well, uh, he, the, the only other offers he had, scholarship offers, not interest, but offers, were from schools in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, Northern Iowa's league. Northern Iowa and South Dakota State both uh, offered him as a quarterback. These are two schools that have proud traditions yeah. uh, at quarterback. So... Clearly, he could have, you know. I mean, what he did in high school was he threw for just 
you know, pinball machine numbers, video game numbers, they call it now. <laughs> <laughs> but but also he rushed for like 1,200 and he put up these crazy tackle numbers and picked off passes. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's wherever he was going to go, he was going to play. Position probably didn't matter. It's whatever the need is where he went. Yeah. And then a week from now, we'll get a little bit of maybe a dose of reality with Michigan. It'll be the test, I think, for this team. How much has this offense improved? This is going to be one of their biggest challenges of the year. And also a challenge for the Iowa rush defense that has been, I'd say, very good this season. Michigan can really run the ball. Blake Corum had a monster day-to-day against Maryland. Uh, But what happens is once conference play starts, narratives change quickly. Michigan ran through three really bad non-conference teams like a hot knife through butter. They play Maryland, one of the lesser lights of the Big Ten East. And And in Ann Arbor, too. Yeah, in Ann Arbor, and got pushed to the hilt. Now, Michigan had some injury problems going into that game, but that's that's part of the deal in the sport. But Maryland uh, was able to gouge them from time to time, and and made them nervous. And so, whereas a week ago you thought Michigan coming into Iowa might be an ugly scene, will it? And uh, who's going to be more motivated than an Iowa team that got embarrassed by Michigan and Indianapolis in December? And there's going to be a lot of talk about that. And uh, Michigan hasn't done well in Iowa City under Harbaugh in the in the uh, sparing chances that he's had there <laughs> and i i gotta think uh that michigan ranked fourth in the country is going to be a nervous team this week yeah it's the perfect situation for kind of the old underdog story but i think it really comes down to what can this offense do because yeah. i haven't been totally convinced by any means when you look at it the rushing game had some improvements but not where they need to be to play effective offense. Petrus had some improvements, but Rutgers is a lot different than Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's going to be an interesting week of speculation. Yeah. Well, we'll stop speculating now that it's 2.05 here in New Brunswick. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hawk Off the Press after the final score. I'll be back with another episode of Hawk Off the Press this week leading up to the Michigan game. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.